Hurry in to Mattress Firm's July 4th sale. Get a king bed for the price of a queen or a queen for a twin and save up to $500 on Sealy. Plus, get a free adjustable base with qualifying Sealy purchase, up to a $4.99 value. Or shop Tempur-Pedic, the most highly recommended bed in America, and save $500 on all Tempur-Breeze mattresses and get a $300 instant gift good towards sleep accessories. Only at Mattress Firm. Restrictions apply. See store or mattressfirm.com for details. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Shortcomings, a Sex and City podcast brought to you by The Dip, where we shoot the shit about every episode of Sex and the City, the two movies, of course, the revival. Sometimes we throw in a Gilmore Girls episode here and there. I am your host, Samantha Bush, and of course, I'm joined by Chris Lewis. Hi, Chris. Hi, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm well. We're on our second time trying to get that uh, opening got down, but we've got it. We got it. And... It's going well. I can't wait to get into this finale. I'm feeling, well, I was feeling emotional. Now I'm not. It's like no feeling at all. But I was feeling emotional earlier that when we finished season two. It's like we're we're here. It feels like we're really in the thick of it now. Yeah, like the thought of now going into season three, like I'm ready. Like we got, you know, John Slattery coming up, which we've been talking about. We've been talking about him for quite some time because we thought he was coming in season two. He's not. He's coming now in season three. Season three. My favorite season of the show. And for everyone who's been like, oh my God, you guys don't even like this show. Like that one fucking reviewer. And you know who you are. Who was like, y'all are so annoying, which fair. Fair. That we didn't really like the episode we named this podcast over. But we never promised that. We never said it was our favorite episode. We just liked the title. But for everyone who's been like, you guys don't even really like this show, please know as we head into season three, it's going to be 10, 10, 10, 10, 10. You will be like sick of it. The podcast is going to be so much shorter. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I loved this. I love this. I thought that was perfect. Wonderful. Everyone looked beautiful. Let's go. And then we'll be like, we hate Aiden. <sighs> well, Just speaking the of Aiden. Oh, yeah. Want to get into it? I had a great opportunity to write about the men of sex in the city i hate over at the dip.com under their new community posting where i'll be hanging out every wednesday and um just chatting about sex in the city sometimes i'll drop in on mondays and thursdays with just like random other thoughts i think i've written about love is blind over there and been able to engage about how i hate shake who's the greatest star in terms of like who should be a bigger star like, we need new stars. I was with having dinner with a friend Kirsten last night. We were talking, like, Hollywood's down bad in terms of just, like, new stars. We couldn't even name one. I I know. And you and I, I think, talked about that about the SAG Awards. We were, like, when we were texting, we're like, where are the stars? Where are they? They weren't. The SAG Awards weren't giving what they used to give. They were giving nothing. I knew no one. The biggest stars there were the stars of Squid Game, who I each one of them more beautiful than the last, but I've never oh, seen yeah. that show. And yeah. don't come for like, me, I'm it's happy. too violent. Yeah, I'm not into that, but I did. Oh, you know how you have recommendations? Oh, God. I Here have we, a recommendation. <laughs> this was brought to me by Allison Pivovarsky, the executive editor of The Dip, who recommended this movie on Hulu called Fresh. 
and it is starring Daisy Edgar Jones and Sebastian Stan and you guys. My supple-mouthed king. This movie takes a turn that I didn't see coming. She warned me about it. She said, "It's there's going to be a plot twist. And I said, okay, sure. No, what it's is a it horror about? Movie. It's oh. a horror movie thriller. It's more thriller than horror. And it's just, it gives American Psycho mixed with Ratatouille. Excuse, mixed with Ratatouille? Yeah. Is Sebastian a chef with a rat on you his head? You could say that. You could say that. Well, I look forward to I look forward to not watching it and reading about how it ended and what the twist is because I'm never <laughs> going to watch that movie. But I will read it about it and then directly after Google image Sebastian Stan, who I oh. found out recently got his start on Gossip Girl and dated Leiden Meester or Blake Lively, one of them. Oh, <laughs> one of the okay. two. I think it was Leighton. I bet it was Leighton. Yeah, he doesn't seem like he he's good enough for Blake. Although I, I hate I also Ryan did, Reynolds. I can't see him dating blondes, and I don't know why that is. Like, I just feel it in my heart. Like, that's not well, You know a lot about him. I, I know so much. <laughs> From your being high watching Marvel movies mm-hmm. and this one movie you've seen. Now, yeah. Are you watching Pam and Tommy? I did. I watched the first couple episodes, and then I kind of fell off of it. But I really liked the talking dick. I was literally shaking with like excitement to watch it, haven't watched a frame. I think I text you like, fuck, I thought tonight was Pam and Tommy. <laughs> then the next night it? was, and I just didn't watch it. <laughs> yeah, it. it's it's scary how like they look, like how real they look like the actual people. Now, who's the girl in that? Isn't my Mamma Mia 2 queen? I never saw Mamma Mia's. Mm. What's her name? I know. Do you got a name on her? Uh, I don't know, but. Uh, she looks exactly mm-hmm. like her. Oh, she did 600 crunches a day. And what I give to fuck Sebastian Stan when he's got those nipple rings on. (laughs) Too much? Okay. Yeah, wow. I'm not really interested in Tommy Lee. Like, if he was to come near me, I'd be terrified. But something about Sebastian Stan giving me an entree to a safe way into Tommy Lee. I hope mm-hmm. whoever he's dating really took advantage of that costume he's got going on there. That's all I'm going to say. And I bet you uh, – do you think he's method? Like, do you think, like, he took, like, that role home with him? I don't know that a lot of method actors are getting into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So I'm going to assume he's, like – or Gossip Girl. So I'm going to assume he's a read-the-script-the-day-of, pop-in-and-pop-the-fuck-out kind of guy. Well, good for him because he's booked and busy. I love him. Love him. The never a man who one day I see him and I'm like, he's gorgeous. The next day I'm like, who? Yeah. He's versatile in that way. Now, I want to read a note on this uh, outline here that I wrote. It says, simply, let's get right into it. And we've spent about 10 minutes talking about nonsense. And that's another note we've gotten. Nobody wants to hear us just like chat up top. You know what? But we're going to. And maybe we should need to start putting the little timestamp in there of like, hey, like you don't need to click this. Maybe I'll try to do that. I can't promise I will, but I'll think about it. No. Energetically. Okay, as long as it's the thought that counts. Yeah. All right. Should we get into the season two finale? Because I'm so excited to just knock this season out and get to the good stuff. I know. And this was a great episode. I thought it was, to me, this episode was... It's sex in the city to me. Can I tell you a little secret? I had another, like, flash of crazy. 
You know this great scene in the season three finale when Carrie and Miranda are in the vintage shop and get into the fight before she goes and sees Big. Did you think that that was I this episode? Th- yes. I was like, where's that scene I love? I was no, like, I they go. I was like, before they go to the way we were dinner, Miranda and Carrie have to fight in that vintage shop. Where is it? Nope, wrong. So, just so you know, Never everyone, happened. season three, season four, I'm going to be in my bag. It's the part of the show I remember. Oh yeah. Except that episode. And then just that, wait till we get Alexander. Oof. Except that episode you told me about that. I'm like, wait, what are you talking about? Where Carrie dates someone Miranda dated, or vice versa? Oh yeah, that's coming. I have no memory of it. Can't wait to see it. Maybe I've never seen it. I can't wait. Should we get into the episode with a little synopsis? Yes. So Carrie attempts to befriend Big. Miranda and Steve find themselves entangled again. Samantha meets Mr. Too Big. And Charlotte's love interest is a horse. Pal. (laughs) Pal. Guys. I know. What what the fuck? First of all, (laughs) right up top, I do really like this episode. It's great. Love. The only problem I have with, well, not the only, one of the big problems I have with this episode is the unnecessary storyline of Charlotte and his horse. I have to agree with you because it's this idea that Charlotte's getting back in the saddle. And I'm like, was she ever out of it? But is she? And also, was she out of the saddle? Was she off it? That's what I'm wondering. Like, was she ever out of the saddle? Because I see this woman dating left and right. Right. Like, the metaphor doesn't stick. No. And also, I really hate the scene with her and Carrie at the stables because Carrie is so chaotic in the scene that it like gives I do me anxiety. Like she, she is out of control at the barn. <laughs> she's like, and also, out of are control. they she's in the middle of on. New York City in a barn? It, 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 does that exist? I was also wondering that. No, I've never I was just like, been walking down the they? street and seeing like bar, restaurant, office building, barn. Yeah, I can't I can't imagine that that's the case. I feel like they had to travel. And we'll get into what little detail we can get into with that weird storyline in a bit. But <laughs> I'd say that the kind of theme of this episode, right, is like, how does one get over a breakup? How can you become friends with an ex? Don't know how Charlotte and a horse really, is, really applies to that other than the back in the saddle mm-hmm. thing. And I guess it's about rebounding yeah. and getting picking yourself back up. So I guess I would say, have you ever successfully transitioned an ex into a friend? And what do you think the steps are there? Like, how would it work for you, if at all? Oh, I have never. And I've never wanted to. Like, it's never been something where I want to do that. Really? Ever. Yeah. My, I mean, and it's weird because Particularly my given parents your parents are modeling still... such a nice... <laughs> I was just going to say, I'm like... Yeah, my parents are still really close. My mom is still close with like a numerous of her ex-boyfriends. I make her sound like she dates left, whatever. She sounds like she's never off the saddle. Never. Shout she's out to Mary. In. And yeah, shout out to Mary. Um, oh, sh- it's amazing. She gets all of her exes to like do stuff for her, like manual labor. It's her power. But I have truly never felt the need to be friends with an ex because I don't want to see them again. I mean, I agree to some extent. I will say that I think it's a little different. I don't know. I just feel like gays, we will circle back. It's like, well, I guess we have to be friends. Circle back as friends? Yeah, it's like, I, it, it, never once have I gone through the most devastating breakup and then not like one week later are we trying to get coffee. It's like, shout out to all the gay men listening, all four of you. 
let me know if that's a common thing because I think it is. But I've only ever, I would say, successfully done it more recently. And I think the way to do it and the only time you should attempt it is when the basis and success of your actual sexual relationship was friendship. Like feeling like you really enjoyed the person. If the only thing you liked about a man is his dick, do not attempt to like hang out with him once that is no longer available to you. But if you like spending time with them as a friend, try and do it. I think it's worth it. And I actually really appreciate the place I am with a few of my exes. And some of them are, you know, I think they're listening and shout out to them, but don't ever call me again. <laughs> and you know who yeah, you are I and just, you know what you've done. I don't have, I don't have any interest and if I ever did have an interest in being friends with an ex, it was honestly just so I could get back together with them. And also, like, let's just be very clear. No one needs to be friends with cis straight white men. It's like, it, no. it's not worth I, it. Here's the thing. For most of my exes, how I feel is, like, I I don't wish them the best, but I hope nothing, like, bad happens to them. Like, I hope they're just, like, good. Well, I've got a few who... I've said openly when people are like that whole conversation of death versus divorce slash breakups. I'm like, I've got a few who I'd rather be dead. Like that I don't oh. need to see littering my sh- littering the streets. Baltimore's a small city. You know I'll see him. Well, Detroit's a small city and I've never run into an ex except for like one time. I mean, I told you I it's literally weird. ran into one physically. Our bodies just collided on the street while I was listening to Drive Back. Well, Chris, you're always walking. I'm always you're walking. Like always I'm out always out. I do not like being at home, really, unless – actually, no, I love being at home. Unless I'm in bed, which is where I am if I'm at home. Mm-hmm. I think we, though, should hear the monologue and then get into this episode. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're yeah, an episode yeah. we love. We don't it. need to avoid it. Yeah, we're – no. And it's – we're not – you know, we're just gabbing. We're gabbing gals. Okay. Here is the monologue. Later that night, I got to thinking about the X Factor. In mathematics, we learned that X stands for the unknown. A plus B equals X. But what's really unknown is, what plus what equals friendship with an X? Is this an unsolvable equation? Or is it possible to transform a once passionate love into something that fits nice and easily onto the friendship shelf? I couldn't help but wonder, can you be friends with an X? So we've learned in the response to Carrie's question for me, yes. For Sam, absolutely not. Yeah, I just don't see it for me. So I want to start with our most inconsequential storyline because I feel like as we get deeper and by the time we get to Carrie, there's a lot to get into. So let's start with Charlie. Okay. We hear she grew up riding horses. It threw her. She hasn't been back on since. Yeah. She's trying to get back in the saddle. There's really no reason for this to exist. I hate this story so much. A, I don't think it is, to your point, which I think is very important, Charlotte's not off the saddle. We have not seen this woman not dating. Never. And I know it's a kind of a nice juxtaposition because in the next season, we'll hear her make her, inf- in the next season opener, she'll make her infamous cry out that she's going to be married within the year. She'll meet Trey. So Charlotte's really, you know, getting her back in the saddle and in the game is kind of a nice prep for that. But ultimately, it just feels like this whole storyline exists just so we can see that horse at the end. And frankly, <laughs> Just put the horse there. I would not have questioned why the horse would. Had Charlotte not had an actual storyline that had a man in it or her relating to one of the other women, I would have been fine. Yeah. 
in no world would I have thought, oh my God, why is Carrie looking at a horse? I haven't seen, this horse does not make narrative sense. I just assume it was a horse in New York City. Yeah. it It's just weird. Like, it's just, like, it's just <laughs> kind of, I, like, it is what it is. I get what they're trying to do, but it's, they could have done something else with Charlotte. I mean, she looks adorable. She looked great. And I just thought, what if Charlotte and Natasha had, like, been friends somehow? Like, they seem like they would fit together. Or if, like, Char- maybe the episode could have included a scene where Charlotte, like, met Natasha at some, like, posh luncheon. Just, it feels like we could have used her in a better way than this fucking horse, man. I mean, I agree. And there will be a question that I have for you towards the end of the podcast when we get to, like, a certain part. That I'll, that we'll circle back. It will come full circle. We'll come full circle on that horse. The horse did pay comedy dividends to me at one moment when after Mr. Cocky and Samantha are done having sex the second time, he kind of brays like a horse and then it cuts I to know. the horse. And she petted him. Yes. So that to me. And then, by the way, oh, wait, is, so this horse is in here just so we can get the horse. By the way, they don't even make a horse hung joke. It's too so. No. Like, it's hanging right there. And the joke is right truly, this is not a show that strays away from dick jokes. This is a show where we made a joke, Lawrence of My Labia, in the second movie. If you're going to throw in a man with a big dick and a horse, I want to hear a horse hung joke. Oh, God. It would have been. And it's like, I'm shocked we didn't get that. Shocked. But I mean, I don't really have much to say about Charlotte. Well, speaking <laughs> I mean, of Mr. It. Cocky, should we get in a Sam? Yes. Because I have my own personal story relating. Ew. <laughs> Well, she's strolling down the street (laughs) looking beautiful, and she sees Mr. Cocky. Yeah, this is like quintessential Samantha, in my opinion. Like, her in the red with the red lip walking down the street being sexy and picking a man up on the street. Like, that is And by the way, it's never happened in anyone's life. Never. (laughs) Never. What did you think of Mr. Cocky? Hot. I thought he looked a little like Mr. Big. He kind of did. Like, he... Has that same kind of, like, air about him, but I thought he was so sexy. He kind of reminded me of, like, Mr. Big and then the fireman that we get in season three, like, had a baby. It would be this guy. That fireman is disgusting, and I can't wait to see him. I'll say about Mr. Cocky, he's got a great ass. Oh. I love how respectful he is that he warns her before Mm -hmm. he just whips it out. Mm Mm-hmm. And I... He's Kim Cattrall is a comedy queen. When she is saying, like, get over here, and she uses, like, a little, vo- like, like vaudevillian, old-school, old-timey voice. Like, there's a reason they said she was the Lucille Ball of sex scenes. She's so excited. She's game for anything. Anything. And then she smokes a little weed. She tries. Like, I, was, I was Hawaiian gold. We do gold get one of my for... favorite, though, Samantha and Carrie walk and talks. It really does suck that these two aren't friends in real life. I... I'm devastated. Like, it devastates me because they have such great chemistry on screen and I love seeing them together. And Samantha is such, like, an important part of the show that, like, it just makes me so sad that neither of them can just, like... But it makes me just think they're the best actors because they genuinely... I'm like, not only are they good friends, I was like, these two like each other more than anybody on that set given how natural their walk and talks are. I'm telling you, Carrie, it was like a wall of flesh coming at me. There's nothing scarier than a really big one coming at you. I didn't even want to get my mouth near it. I was afraid I'd get locked up. I mean, it was quite a shock. His hands are relatively tiny. Oh, don't tell me you believe that. Well, not anymore. I am really going to have to psych myself up before I try it again. You're going to try it again? Why? 
Because it's there. Sweetie, it's a penis, not Mount Everest. Well, let me tell you, if it was Mount Everest, last night I could only make it to base camp one. Wowza. You dated Mr. Big? I'm dating Mr. Too Big. You know what, you're unbelievable. You, you broke up with James because he was too small. This guy's too big. Who are you, Goldie Cox? Yep. I'm looking for one that's just right. And in some ways, now that I think about it, right, like, I do feel that, I mean, one of the under, I feel like, talked about and reported things on the show, we always talk about Miranda and Carrie scenes and their fights and how they get into it and they're, like, the best mm. friends of the group. But I'm always prone to the Carrie-Samantha, like, moments. I don't know that other than the cheating, the when Carrie goes to Charlotte, when Charlotte finds out that she's having an affair with Big, and they have the moment in her apartment as she's packing, there aren't really scenes between Carrie and Charlotte in a deep way, other than when I guess she also terrorizes her to buy her apartment. <laughs> yeah, th- I was going to bring that up. I was like, I think you're missing that one. Uh but no, I agree with you. There's not really that much. And I think that we saw that kind of in Just Like That, that there seems to be like a little bit of a disconnect or there's something like... Yeah, talk about a I drop storyline from In Just Like That. I mean, how many drop storylines? Everyone was like, there is simmering tension between Charlotte yeah. and Carrie. And they were like, we don't care. We could give a fuck. Yeah. I mean, Randa was an alcoholic for two episodes and then suddenly that was over. Like, that was crazy. Anyway, She needed to change her relationship to alcohol. Long live Rambo. Missing her. <laughs> I still quote comedy concert constantly. I'm craving. I'm such um, an out of towner right now. Oh God, I'm craving me some chai. But have you ever been with someone that was too big? I, I, <laughs> this is the, this is. <laughs> I don't think we can put this out into the world. Why not? I mean, uh, Sex and the City, baby. <laughs> That would not necessarily be something for me to deal with, given my sexual preference in the bedroom. Oh, okay. However, I have been told the inverse. And we can just move on. Christopher. Oh, my God. Now, would you like to share your story? Yes, of course. I'm. It's also upsetting. I'm sitting in my work office currently. <laughs> <laughs> this is shocking stuff. Not at home. <laughs> People are just walking through. Can the office no. tamp down? It's almost five. <laughs> no. Um. Yes. So I, a few years ago, I was talking to this guy. Uh-oh. One of the nicest but dumbest men I've ever met. Is he the one who screamed into uh, you? No, that, well, that was recently. This was a man years ago. Okay. Yeah. He had. I'm scared. The I've ever How seen. How big was it? <laughs> it was huge. And I hated having sex with him. No, like, I would long, avoid thick it. Or both? All the way around. Like, it, it was so much. And, like, <laughs> this is a, this I is, couldn't. I'm, like, blushing. I know. It was intense. I was like, I don't know what to do with this. Like, when I first saw it, I was like, I, oh, I don't know. I don't know about this. Like, it and, you know, I think guys get compliments like that often. Like but then, like, Samantha, girls, you decided you try to conquer it. Oh, I tried many times. We we were dating for, like, two or three months. Like, I was I was in a tough place. I was rough out there. It was <laughs> oh, God. so gigantic. Was it the size I, of my, my tumbler? 
Chris, it was literally a Starbucks cup. It was fucking crazy. I don't know how I got through that in one piece. (laughs) (laughs) Feels like you would have been split open. (laughs) I swear to God. And I lived with my best friend at the time. And she had to hear that? She would stay over. Yes. She heard a lot of like talking, probably. Like a lot of me being like, okay, like hang on. Like, wait a second. Hold on. I'm like a lot of to, Sam I'm smoking Jones, some pot. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm like doing I would some get like drunk to, to try to take this <laughs> on. Was, yes, it was a lot. So I felt for her, but then like I also felt for him too because it's like it. There is a point where you you're too big, where it's like it's just not fun for anybody. But you know what? I think he'll find a woman with the right size vagina for him. Hopefully, I hope so. It's a good guy. And, you know, you've moved on to more appropriately sized penises. And I, I think mm-hmm. that's a beautiful love story. And I'm sorry that it ended. Uh, and I'd know, love to happens. see a pic if you've got one. Forward it to me. <laughs> I don't. This I'd just love to ago. get some perspective on it. And, sir, if you're listening, you can text He's, me at. I don't know if he knows how to get to a podcast. Like, that's. He sounds like a big, yeah. dumb Big Old dick dummy, <laughs> and I'm a fan. Honestly, Very, get him he on was in just so like good that. Looking. He was so good looking. He could have been on it just like that. All right, do you at least have a picture really? of him? He was... His head, his face. Oh yeah. All right, well, send me that. I'd love I'll to send see you later. it, and then see if we can do like later. a police sketching of the dick. You know, he was yeah, he was a sweet boy. But I don't just, think we've ever his dick gone too big for me so far, and so. <laughs> Off the <laughs> I mean, I, had, I mean, I don't know, Chris. I've talked about getting fingered on this podcast, and my parents listen to this. Oh, Jesus fucking Christ. I'm so sorry, Stephen Mary. I'm shocked I've shared yeah. things that I didn't mean to. <laughs> now we've talked about this. I love this it. is That's what happens, I guess, when the storyline is just purely like, his dick's big. It's like, <laughs> there's not much you else we're going to talk, talk about. about. Exactly. But so you're telling me that you're. No, 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 the no, guy. no, 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 no. Let's move on. <laughs> So, Miranda. Okay. Miranda. Oh, I loved this one. Oh. So, I hated this, but I did love one thing about it. Or no, I should say I loved many things about it. I love okay. the opening where they're buying flowers. I the Carrie says at the very beginning in the opening kind of monologue something about there are big decisions, one like big getting being married. And I think it's such a fun little nod to the idea of big decisions and being married that ultimately there's going to be this reveal that big's engaged. It's a nice little Easter egg for something we'll learn later. But when Miranda sees Steve and they run, it reminds me so much. Shout out to, you know, my Grey's Anatomy heads. In, I think, season five, when Owen Hunt comes back a second time, Christina sees him and she grabs Meredith and they run. And ever since yeah. I saw that, I thought, that is friendship. If you can grab someone and just say run and there's no question, that's a good friend. And so what I'll say, Meredith, she kept her face looking forward. Carrie's an asshole. She's not a good friend. She's turning back, apologizing back. to Steve. What an asshole. I'm so tired of her. Carrie yeah. was getting on my nerves in this episode. And we'll get to Carrie, it, but... Carrie was uh, wild in this episode. Carrie was at her peak. Carrie, in my opinion. She was pissing me off. Carrie, I was like, oof, that's me. But Miranda and Steve, wow. I was so glad to see that boy bounce his little ball down the street. Why is he, I was like, like, look at that little cutie. This man has, has got to be the 36. Court. 
36. He was on the way to hooping. He's 36. Listen. He's still playing street ball. <laughs> like a little Brooklyn yeah. greaser. Yeah. He's a cool dude. The people, and I appreciate the that. The kids in, West, in the most recent West Side Story seemed more adult than this man. So tired of him. I, don't know. I was into it with his little arms. I was like, oh, <sighs> and you and I, I don't know. He's making me sick, Steve Brady. He's not making you sick. No, he really is. I was very upset. And when you just made me remember the fact that he's just bouncing a ball walking down the street, get a job. (laughs) Get a job. (laughs) Yeah. uh, (sighs) And then later, he shows up at her front door and starts calling her shitty. I loved this scene. Yeah. Uh, Hi. That was a shitty, shitty thing you did running away from me on the street. I didn't run. You ran. Well, I wasn't expecting to see you, and I'm... It really hurt my feelings. Well, I don't do very well with ex-boyfriends, and... Miranda, this is me. Steve. Yeah. I held your head while you were sleeping. I'm so sorry. It's okay. It's okay. I just, I hadn't seen you in so long, and I missed you, and then I did that shitty thing. It wasn't that shitty, it really. Was. It was a shitty thing. I'm a shitty person. You're not a shitty person. I am. I am shitty. You would never do anything that shitty. What do you call showing up at your apartment in the middle of the afternoon and calling you shitty? Yeah, that was pretty shitty. And I used to love it, too. I remember the first time I saw it and thinking, oh, what a sweet scene and how they come back together. Okay, take out the kind of romance and what we know of Steve and Miranda. Imagine a man arriving at your door after you just ran from him on the street. Take the fucking hint, buddy. I don't want to see you. I liked it. (laughs) I liked that he did that. What is a better signal that I don't want to see you than I saw you and ran the other direction? Because he knows that she's being a dumb. He knows. He's like, this woman is acting up. And so he goes over there and he communicates with her in like the way that like she'll listen by being like, that was really shitty what you did. Like being very blunt and straightforward. And she appreciated that. You know what was shitty? When he showed up and didn't go to her legal party with her. Whatever that that was annoying, was. but that we're not talking about that. We're talking about this, and <sighs> you know, and Steve also admitted that what he did was shitty in the moment too. He's like, she's like, well, you came over here and like yelled at me, and he was like, yeah, that was shitty. And then it was like this cute moment, and then the moment that really, really tugs on my heartstrings is when she's like, whenever something funny happens, I always want to tell you about it, and I have felt that in a breakup before so deeply. Oh, it just gets me. It gets me good. Because I'm like, I've been there. Like, I've dated someone who, like, whenever something funny happened, I was like, oh, he would love what just happened. But I'm like, I can't fucking text him or, like, tell him. God forbid, call him. Could you imagine? A menace. I hate this scene so much in its actuality. (laughs) I will say two nice things about it. I think that they have genuine chemistry and obviously, you know, Cynthia Nixon, great actress. She's giving it her all. 
I will also note that I appreciate the scene because of that moment you just mentioned about wanting to call him. In an episode that is will ultimately hearken to the way we were, there's actually an amazing scene in the way we were where Katie calls Hubble and says, I just need to talk to my best friend about someone we both know. And in some ways that this scene feels like a bit of that kind of idea of like, I want to talk to you, but the rules of how a breakup should work dictates that we can't. I will just say that my advice to anyone is is if someone runs from you on the street, take the hint and do not go to their home. Also, Miranda move into a bill. Also, isn't there a doorman? Why is he letting him in? Because <laughs> he's probably like, oh, I remember you. Yeah, man. Oh, yeah. In. You and your fucking ba- basketball. You probably bounced the ball. Bounce was like, it. I gotta go get my ball. I left that Miranda <laughs> ball, man. So tired I get what you're now. saying. And when you actually, I never thought about that, Chris. I never once thought about that it's a callback to the way we were, which is like, a huge part of this episode. I'm not sure if it's intentional, but at least it's a nice I nod think it to is. it. I'm not sure if it is just because I think if it is, they should have hit it a little harder. I'm not saying like actually quote the line itself, but at yeah. least say something like I wanted to call you. I like it needed to be <sighs> a little bit stronger of a moment, but I would be shocked if Cynthia Nixon being the actress she is isn't thinking about that moment at least. Yeah. And if you, I mean, if you haven't watched The Way We Were, I... Fuck off if you haven't. <laughs> well, you're also talking to I'm two people. I'm starting to be in a bad mood. You're listening. <laughs> well, it's like you're listening to two people who are obsessed with Barbara Streisand. Like, I named my cat after her. I love her deeply. And it's just like something that just means... And I'm taking notes in a Barbara Streisand notebook currently. But yeah, it's. I like the scene. I like that it kind of brought them back together and then they went out together. And then he comes now, back. Okay. She wants her. She, Miranda, you are a what wealthy they woman who owns your own apartment. You don't need his ratty T-shirt. Go buy your own ratty T-shirt. It's the memory and the emotion that she like attaches to I it. can't but with Steve I, Brady. Also, like, what do you expect? You're going out on a non-date with your ex, and then you go back and he, you both go into the bedroom? It, it was weird that they're like in the bedroom. Please. Like, it, it would have mm-hmm. almost felt better had they had sex on like the couch. Mm-hmm. They weren't it feels like, in a it, room. which is a question I wanted to talk about. How much of Steve going to Miranda's apartment is intentional? Like, how much does he actually want to get back with her when he goes there? Because it is strange that they're in her bedroom. Like, it does, and it, by that point, it's it also feels like Miranda wants to like get it going. I mean, there is no reason if you if she said, "Hey, I'm going to get the T-shirt that you requested of me," and he started following me, I'd be like, "Buddy." I have made it. I ran from you once. You can wait in the living room while I go get your ratty T-shirt. Chill. Steve needs to cool it. Yeah. <laughs> Steve needs to cool it. I, yeah, I mean, they definitely both have the same mindset where they're dancing around it a little bit, I think. Well, like, that's not possible because Miranda are... has a mind and Steve doesn't. Oh, okay. She and tired of him. I love my little Steve. I know everyone does. This is not going to be popular. I know. I know. know. No, I. Well, at least you know, Chris. I know everyone's going to come for me. It's okay. (laughs) And David Eigenberg, uh, I love you. Oh God, Uh, he's. Remember how good he was looking at the first, like when we first got our eyes on him in the revival. We were like, damn. And then he opened his mouth, and everyone was like, "What?" But when he, (laughs) when he was kissing her, I got so sad because. I know, so we know where it's going. Him. Yeah. 
We've, and you that know, made me it's sad. hard to see anything with Miranda and Steve and not instantly flash to Miranda getting fingered in the kitchen while Carrie pissed the bed. <laughs> Stuff. That's how I feel. Every I time I see his little face, I'm like, every time tonight. I see his little leprechaun face, I'm like, I just picture her getting fingered and screaming for all high heaven. And Carrie knocked yeah, up. Yeah, I mean, hopped up on Valium or whatever she was on. <laughs> I don't think it was so Valium. Funny. I could take a Valium right now. It was heavier. It was yeah. a lot heavier than that. But yeah, so they fuck and they're both kind of laying there like, Oh, we just did something. We we just started something up again. But then they're literally right back where they started, right? Mm-hmm. Back in that bed. She's trying to go back to sleep. He's being affectionate. I'm like, no wonder these two, she leaves him for Che. These two just are not in sync. So many of their big moments like this have happened in the bedroom. Like, they break up in the bedroom. They, well, they she break up at the door. bedding. They're at the door in the bedroom. That's the two places for them. That door in that bedroom and those ugly sheets. Right. Yeah, we never really see them like on the couch together. We did see him watching cartoons, and then he'll once, get scout and that hang ball. out, and then he sleeps on the couch. That and has that girl call. Oh, that's coming for us, Chris. I can't. I wait mean, to okay. That. That so you want to talk about it? Let's the fucking talk audacity. about it. No, <laughs> no, we're in season two right now. They because got back this together. Fucking guy. No, this is a spoiler podcast. And I'll talk about whatever I want. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this motherfucker. He okay. goes out, picks up some woman. Okay. Fucks her, then has the audacity to give him Miranda, to give that woman Miranda's number. Mm-hmm. Steve should be in the worst cell in Azkaban. This man is a menace. Mm-hmm. He's out of control. He's a cheater. And he's a mess. And he's poor. Maybe cut out that last part. <laughs> No, no leave in. it in. I don't give keep a shit. Keep that in. Tired because him. also, you're not wrong. Because that is a storyline in the show. You're not You're not making that up. And he's insecure about money. He is. I mean, but that's okay. Who is mustard suit nowadays? he was going to wear. Like, why would he? Like, uh, oh, my God. <sighs> heinous. I hate him. You know those cigarette butts that you see every day? They're made of microplastics and they line our streets and waterways. On California beaches, they're the number one plastic you'll find. Over 35 years, cleanups have collected millions combined. But no matter where you see them, they're all getting smaller, eventually leaching into our food, our air, our water. The tobacco industry's to blame for all of the harm that they do. For the harm to the people we love, and the harm to you too. Learn more at undo.org. Hurry in to Mattress Firm's July 4th sale. Get a king bed for the price of a queen or a queen for a twin and save up to $500 on Sealy. Plus, get a free adjustable base with qualifying Sealy purchase, up to a $4.99 value. Or shop Tempur-Pedic, the most highly recommended bed in America, and save $500 on all Tempur-Breeze mattresses and get a $300 instant gift good towards sleep accessories. Only at Mattress Firm. Restrictions apply. See store or mattressfirm.com for details. Should we talk about Carrie? Yeah, let's get into Carrie. Carrie's fun. I want to talk about Carrie. Carrie's fun? Oof. I liked it. I thought she's never looked better. This is a time in the show where I actually think us not having a defined timeline really helps. Like having no understanding of how long it's been since the Hamptons party. But we do know that Big and Natasha are integrated back into New York City life. So much so that Natasha now has a nickname from Carrie. And that she's running into them around town. 
and she sees them and they're really happy, which I actually really do appreciate that idea in that moment of them all at the diner when they talk about that. And I really like when Samantha says, it goes, where does the love go? It goes to his next girlfriend. Like, the fuck are you talking about? Like, that scene at the diner was really good because it kind of, it felt like a really real conversation that happens between friends about an ex and their new relationship. Like, as much as you want to say, like, you do end up kind of talking shit about the new girl, even though she's probably really nice. She's but she should also be talking pretty. shit about him. Like, there isn't of enough. Course, I think she has. I, I like to see it. I think it. she has. I would like to see it. I mean, to quote Monique. Chris, come on. <laughs> I think she's talked a lot of shit about Big. And now it's time to talk shit about Natasha. No, all she did was talk about how she was the poof and the magic. I'm so, this woman has really written, like, season two, Carrie was down bad. Carrie was down bad. Carrie was down bad. And from all of this, she decides she wants to incorporate Big into her life. And so she's going to give him a call. And one thing I wanted to just think about is it seems like it would have been hell to try to become friends with an ex before texting. Chris, I was thinking the exact same thing. The idea that, like, you actually have to initiate a phone call. Oh, I would never speak to anyone. (laughs) That would seem like a huge barrier to even trying to be friends with someone. <laughs> but also think of the the what really got me thinking about that was the the change between anonymous calling and caller ID. Like before, like she could have just been able to call him and he would not know who it was and it would be fine and she wouldn't be stressed. And now she's like, oh, fuck. And I like she's like, and Big has caller ID. Yeah. I guess he's a businessman, so he needs caller ID. Yeah. He knows what's up. He's rich. He's got caller ID. I remember when I got caller ID. Now, I will say, so she calls, Natasha answers, and she hangs up. And the minute that happened, it made me think, I know we, obviously, we would never have known this when it was originally airing. But as we go back, this whole episode feels like a precursor to the affair. Yes. It just feels like they're they're threading that needle. The idea that Carrie is calling and hanging up. The kind of secret meeting they have. Like, I, Natasha, don't know about that lunch. When Natasha looks out the limo window at the end. The fact that she married that man is actually very stupid. Like, if a man. Very stupid. I mean, we'll let's just get to it later, actually. But yeah, I just felt yeah, yeah. like watching it, I was more aware that they're going to have an affair than I've ever been. Like, maybe it's just because I'm excited to see those episodes. But I was very like, oh, if you think about this, Natasha should be very worried. Like, Yeah, and it's this idea that she's like, I've heard a lot about you, and then she sees the caller ID probably and knows that it's Carrie, and then it's just like, and you married him? He's he's running these women ragged. Ragged, although we don't want to we don't want to victim blame. No, but I mean, because he is big, and like we, I mean, he does, but not too big. Yeah, he's just right. So they decide to go to lunch. They meet. Mm-hmm. I thought Carrie looked fabulous in her pink dress. And I love the idea that Big's nervous and that she's seen a side of him she's never seen before. And I will say I completely agree. The way to make, become friends with an ex, you got to get drunk and hopefully not have sex. That, yeah. <laughs> it's really important. Good luck. Yeah. it's Well, I really loved the part in the conversation on the phone where they were like, there was that kind of like that little pause and they were like, Let's get lunch. And he was like, yeah, let's do it. Like, it was this like. Well, it's certainly better than the phone. 
And it's, you know, and then they get lunch and Carrie, I love this look on Carrie. Like I mean, she her looks hair, beautiful. Her dress, like everything looks perfect. And I love seeing Big nervous and her recognizing that and feeling like, okay, like Well, I like this. I want yeah. him to be nervous. Mm-hmm. And so they get drinks. Carrie thinks she wants to ask about Natasha. And then he reveals he's engaged. And Carrie snaps. Engaged? How can you be engaged? You have a problem with commitment, remember? In fact, you told me you never wanted to get married again, ever. Well, things change. Meaning what? You just didn't want to marry me. Look, Natasha and I... Don't say her name to me. Don't you dare say her name to me. You string me along for two years and then you marry some 25-year-old girl after only five months? I did not string you along. Okay, yeah, right, fine. That's right. You didn't string me along. You know what? I have to go. I have a headache. Here. Don't help me. Don't you help me. Carrie, hold on. Wait a minute. What? Wait, wait. What? What is it? Don't end it like this. No, you're the one that ended it like this. I was trying to be friendly. So, you know what? This seems like a, a much better way to end things. So go, go. Be engaged. Get married to um, uh, Najinsky or whatever her name is. Have a nice life. Don't worry about me. I'm fine. Ooh. These steps are very dangerous. I would snap. She loses her goddamn mind. The way she's behaving in this public restaurant, I thought knocking on the window was bad. No, this is crazy. And were they at her baths? <laughs> where Ramona and Dorinda got pumpkin pumpkin waffles. Yeah, I thought they might have. Um, I I thought it was very relatable though. This idea that she's like, okay, I want to be friends. Friends talk about who they're dating. So she tries to open that door. And the minute he says one thing about her, she's like, absolutely, I can't do this. And let's talk about it when we get serious with that person. And then that's when he brings it up. And that's devastating. Like to know that this isn't just like a rebound or a transitional person or something. Like to know that this person is like you're in love is heartbreaking. And then she obviously slips and falls on the steps, creates a whole scene it's she's horrible. screaming, run, and she's also running around. Yeah, <laughs> running around this restaurant, running into waiters with t- trays. I was like, Carrie. I do like the parallel structure. He slips first, and then she slips again. These stairs are very dangerous, which is yeah, a great exit line for Sarah Jessica yeah, Parker. It's good. The one thing I did kind of have a problem with in terms of Carrie's reaction, and I think she's warranted in reacting that way, clearly. She's obsessed with the idea that he didn't want to marry her. And unless we missed an episode, that is like not something that seemed to be their problem in their relationship. Yes, it was that he didn't necessarily want to um commit and he wasn't as open to her, but it she seems so hung up on the idea that they're getting married, but which by the way, I'm not saying there needs to be this apples to apple perfection of like you wouldn't give me this, therefore I'm mad she has it. Like, I think the idea that he wouldn't commit to her and now is making this major commitment totally tracks. But it just seemed like yeah. Carrie was so obsessed with the idea of marriage in a way that we've heard her talk about being ambivalent about being married. Maybe it's just the commitment of the whole thing. It seemed a little too, like, I want to be a bride than we've seen Carrie be. I don't know. I just... it. Yeah, and, and by the way, it can be new information to us as the audience, and I think that's totally fine. But the only time I remember them talking about how he didn't want to get married was in that strange episode in season one with his ex-wife. 
where she was appearing bedside as a ghost. I also think it's this idea of the commitment of being with someone like that. Like he was so willing with Natasha, I guess, to be committed, have that like relationship. And with Carrie, it was like she always felt kind of like an afterthought. And maybe she's jealous of that. I I mean, I don't know. It just seemed very like bride industrial complex. I was kind of like, yeah. I'm surprised to see her so... <laughs> Not bride industrial complex. She was so like, ah, about it. And yeah. some ways I had wished that it had been kind of a, spe- a more specific choice of like, what if she ended up spiraling about the fact that Natasha's at his place and answered the phone? Like that's something that like care- there would have been a boundary that like, what's she even doing there? He would never have allowed me to answer the phone. That would have felt a bit like more Carrie neurotic than this obsession over this, oh my God, he's getting married. But I also would have snapped. I'm not saying I wouldn't have caused a scene also. I mean, I've literally caused Carrie-like scenes before. Know that. I was just thinking of the other diners and how I would have been, I truly would have called the waiter over and said, remove that woman from this restaurant. Immediately. I literally have yelled at a man in the street and said, like, what more do you want from me? Well, that's like, not I a literally public yelled space. At him. That's just a street. It's- I mean, Chris, it was a very busy street. I'm happy to see people fighting on the street. There's something if I'm trying to enjoy, like, my glass of wine and, like, a nice sandwich, it's like, oh, this- Chris, get this woman out of here. You- you don't even know. I love a public brawl. Like, I love when people are fighting in, p- in front of me. I love – I talked about it on the podcast last week. About how I love when people like fight like quietly, like where they're like, you are. I'm fine with people fighting quietly. Don't disrupt my meal. No, I love it all. I love fights. Not with me. I love watching it and listening and eavesdropping and trying to. I love figuring out the dynamic of the people around me, like at dinners. Well, see, that's more subtle work. I don't think you have to fight, figure out. There's no figuring out of the dynamic between Carrie and Big here. She's literally screaming. Oh, no. That's why I'd be right. like, this isn't even fun to watch. This woman's just unhinged. Get her out of here. She looks great, but get her out of here. Yeah, she was a wreck. Is, and I'd also be like, is that the New York Post's Carrie Bradshaw? <laughs> the New York Star. <laughs> is that writer Carrie Bradshaw? Is that Sex and the City yeah, columnist Carrie point. Bradshaw? She is a celeb. For, formerly she on the cover of Single and Fabulous? Question mark? That brought me back to a dark place. <laughs> but that, that episode, yeah. Then Big calls and is leaving a voicemail. For old CB. And one thing I did think about it, this is, I want to say, a rare moment in which I feel the whole acting showcase is for the man. I cannot think of another scene or episode of Sex of the City where they would ever cede this much time to, like, an acting moment for Mr. Big. What did you think about the fact that Carrie answers the phone when he says, I'd never want to hurt you deliberately, and says, I know? Girl, what? This man just literally embarrassed you in public. I know. It's this idea deep D, that, she like... Deep is not. Deep, deep Although Deep D ain't not. no Deep D these days. If she's de- Now oh. that she's dating, you know who. Kyle. Yeah, and I've also been Tell told people around. are like, it's not a Love is Blind podcast. <laughs> like, fuck Guys, you, it is. It's a Chris and Sam podcast. We, we're chalking. That made me sad, but I've also, like... I feel so bad for her that that's her mentality. Like... He's not hurting you deliberately. I thought it was a nice window into how she thinks about their relationship. It was a very subtle piece yes, of writing, I thought. It was. It was like this idea that she thinks like he's not hurting her deliberately. Well, he's still hurting you. Like he's still not good for you. And I'd argue it is pretty deliberate. 
Yeah, like he's fully dating and in a relationship engaged to be married to someone that is not you. Like, I I, I don't know. No, you know I love a connection. And one thing I did think about the way the scene is framed with him on the phone, the phone obviously being on her chair, it's very similar to the finale when Charlotte will be sitting there and only answers the phone once he says, I love you. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, like, give me chills. I thought, what a nice parallel because although I believe yeah. Charlotte's sitting on the bed and Carrie's standing, but even having them in different places, I think, I mean, harkens to the idea that Big is in a different place emotionally. But I just thought these parallel voicemails, and which is ultimately interrupted by a declaration. In this case, he's bare minimum and also lying. And in that case, finally has has the emotional wherewithal to tell the truth and say how much he cares about yeah. her. Interesting that yeah. he's saying it on the voicemail in hopes she she will check it, but I instantly thought about that and sometimes this show has levels, guys, and makes this podcast worth it. I mean, I guys, I've had this conversation with many friends before about Chris Lewis, how Uh-oh. you are just so like thoughtful and thorough and like you give such a good analysis that like even I'm sometimes like yeah that's what we're doing taking here, it hopefully. back I-, I don't know I'm drooling on the mic I don't know what's Occasionally, going on half the time. we're I- giving insights into the show and mostly talking about big dicks that's what this podcast is at the end of the day we might need to go in and edit our description yeah, the synopsis of this podcast, thank you. You just summed it up perfectly. It's like a lot of Chris giving like deep, beautiful insight and a lot of me just being like, oh, that outfit was terrible. Also, I fucked a big dick before, you know? What did you think of him? They hang up and he invites her mm-hmm. to the wedding. Or I'm sorry, the engagement fucking, party. Fucking asshole. It's Crazy. psychotic. It's, it's actually demonic. actually insane. It's disgusting. And to just do it over the mail? Like that's something you call and ask. Like, hey, I know we're trying to be friends. Like, should we, would you like to come to this? Not, that was like a fucking, well, I was going to say like a nuclear bomb, but given where we are politically. And, um, yeah, maybe not. <sighs> no, but I love the scene of her, the little moment of her like pushing it off with her feet. She's like, oh, I Yes, can't and touch of course, right one now. in season three, we will get to my iconic petty moment when she calls oh. and says, she may be married, but she's a fucking idiot. Yeah. But also this this episode really reminded me of the episode that's coming up with a scene with her and Charlotte, actually, where they're reading the newspaper, mm-hmm. the wedding announcement. And she's like, I am a sex columnist. Like, she just feels so down on herself in that moment. It makes me so sad. I just want to talk about that moment because I was actually just talking about it at dinner with a friend. And yeah. we... Both got really emotional. You go and out I to got, so many dinners. You're and so I got what's well, with the same person. Shout out to Kirsten. Um, oh, we shout out. like to have dinner a lot. In that scene, I think that is one of my favorite Sarah Jessica Parker moments when she says, when Charlotte says, "Oh, that's so cheesy or corny," and she says, "No, that's big." And then she puts her head, her head in her hands, and it's so affecting and beautiful. It is. We'll get to that. We'll get to it very soon, guys. Actually, quite soon. Yeah, (laughs) finally, very quickly. (laughs) So she gets the invitation. LOLs. Big is a monster, and also like Natasha does not want Carrie there. Like this is insane. Yeah. No. Like that's what I mean. Like you and I were just talking about that. Like it does Natasha like understand what the fuck is going no, on Natasha's like i would like a ragged. prequel with natasha Love that i want queen. a prequel of natasha like what the fuck her life was at this time like 
Remember when you hated her and then just like that and we got into a huge fight at like 8.45 in the morning? (laughs) Yes, and Brian was like, I had to cut some of that out. (laughs) Yes, I do. (laughs) I think he cut most of it. It was like, this won't stand. Yeah, no. But then they go, they're having drinks. Although, so it's so funny sometimes the Sex and the City, and this happens when you're indoors, it's an engagement brunch, as Carrie notes. Mm-hmm. It does seem, given the amount they're drinking and, like, the fact that they're drinking cocktails, what time is it? Are they I'm having Cosmos like at 11 a.m.? I'm assuming one. <laughs> like, which, by the way, I'll drink I mean, anything at any given yeah, point. I, I could say. give a flying fuck. But it's just you don't yeah. typically see people pushing the boundary, the boundaries of acceptable society the way I do. Except maybe these gals. But they're drinking, and she asks, why not me, or why is this happening? And Miranda fucking nails it, and she just says, Hubble. Mm. Mm. And guys, we're going to play the scene now, and I've left a note in the outline of Brian that says, play it all. Cut nothing, because the scene is perfect. Perfect. I mean, really, why her? One word, Hubble. Hubble. Oh my God. Hubble. It is. It is so Hubble. Who's Hubble? Hubble. Robert Hubble Redford in The Way We Were. Oh, I love that movie. No, I love, love, love that movie. Never saw it. Oh Oh my my God. God. What are you, an alien? How could you not have seen The Way We Were? Chick film. Okay. Robert Redford is madly in love with Barbara Streisand. Katie. Katie. Oh, Katie, right? Yeah. But he can't be with her because she's too complicated and she has wild curly hair. Hello, curly. Yeah. So he leaves her and marries this simple girl with straight hair. Ladies, I am having an epiphany. The world is made up of two types of women, the simple girls and the Katie girls. I am a Katie girl, and where are our drinks? I always, always, always cry at the last scene of that movie when she sees him in front of the hotel with his new wife. The simple girl. And she reaches up and, and smooths his hair away. And she says to him, your girl, girl is lovely, Hubble. And then the music comes in. Memories. Oh my God, it's so good. Like the corners of my mind. Misty watercolored memories. Of the way we were. Let me do my favorite part. Can it be? Oh, yes. <laughs> Can it be that it was all so simple then? Or has time rewritten every line? If we had the chance to do it all again, tell me, would we? Could we? Memories. I miss James. Excuse me? Is this the most iconic Sex in the City scene? To me, it is. Honestly, it this whole episode to me just is Sex in the City. Why like when is, I, is this like, the pilot? <laughs> this has been the first episode. <laughs> it's so good. And it really nails it. And I mean, I still use this reference to this day because of Sex in the City. Not because of the way we were? No, because of Sex and the City. <laughs> Did you see the way we were after this? Like, had you seen this scene before you'd seen the way we were? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I wasn't really that As a sure, gay man, like, what they I'd were of course, about. had seen the way we were already. Yeah. But I mean, I have been watching Barbara Streisand since I was in sixth grade. So. But I didn't watch the way we were. 
I, but yeah. I, I just, I think the scene is so perfect. The chemistry's there. I love how Miranda says, ooh, let me do my favorite part. Yeah. Although I don't hate that Samantha says chick film. It's like if we're going to do the chick, it's like chick flick. It's like, why isn't yeah. that the right phrasing? They're always a beat off. Comedy concert, do weed, chick flick, chick film. Yeah. Chick film. Um, but I love the fact that Samantha hasn't seen it and that the scene just ends. I miss James. Okay, I have a question for you. Because I was, as I was rewatching it multiple times, obviously, it got me thinking Charlotte is not a Katie girl. I think we, I, this is, are I we think like that we're supposed to believe that Charlotte is a Katie girl. I think that Charlotte's problem is that she's a Katie girl. She's a she's a straight-haired girl with a Katie in the inside. So I relate to that. So she has this visual appeal of like, well, I don't know that you have the visual appeal of being like put together and actually. No, people like, think I'm like Republican. Oh well, that's just you're blonde from the Midwest. You just need to move. <laughs> <laughs> We could solve yeah. that problem quickly. Just get out yeah, of, it's weird. Get out I'm of like, the middle of Trump land, baby. Like, yeah, true. Okay. Um, but I think that the, I I totally get your point, and I think that that is a part. I, something that they could make more explicit about Charlotte's character is that she is messy on the inside, but has this appeal. Because, right, in a certain world, it's kind of like if Charlotte is. She's gorgeous, wants to get married. There are men who would just marry her. Like, she, no, she's too picky, of course. And ultimately, that's kind of what her problem is at the beginning. And one of the reasons they give her Harry is to quite literally make her unlearn that bad behavior. But oof, am I ready to see Trey next season? Body, yaddy, yaddy. Oh, when he's playing tennis? Mm. Sweating. Mm. Guys, Trey is hot. Trey's hot. And he also, Kyle McLaughlin makes me laugh. He's so oh, fucking funny he's as Trey. Good. He's Honestly, she as Trey. has the two best male love interests in terms of just humor. Mm-hmm. I agree. But we love this scene. I think it's perfect. Oh, I, every single perfect. thing about it. It feels so real. And on a show that I think Carrie often speaks in pop culture references, it's so nice to see them have this shared movie. And the only time Carrie really references things is in voiceover. And I want to say that I think that's going to become less and less as the show goes on. Yeah. But I love the fact that they share this movie and it feels almost like a Gilmore Girl scene, like dropped into our Sex and the City in some ways. I thought that too. And of course there will be, and Lorelai actually will reference the way we were in season Five during the Luke Lorelai breakup after Emily and Richard's wedding renewal, vow renewal. Um, she will mention the um the phone call scene, the aforementioned phone call scene. We should also note that there's a nice bit of symmetry with Samantha's storyline that she began the season with small dick, ending up with a too big dick. <laughs> and I guess that's nice little bookends. Nice little bookends. You know, a lot of actors really like that, you know, like bookend acting when you really are given some heavy, meaty material of like, he's got a small yeah. dick, this one's got a big one. But Carrie decides to roll over to the plaza and stand there just waiting. And of course, because we're watching television, it's at the exact same time she comes out. I did want to note, Carrie, it's clearly an accident and just a costume design thing. She is dressed as if it is her engagement party in the sense that she's wearing a white cocktail dress. White dress, yes. Which is bonkers, but that's Carrie. 
And I also think, like, her dress almost looks a little similar in terms of at least fabric to the ultimate dress. Although, no, it isn't. No, I shouldn't say that. I was going to say it reminds me, but it's just another white dress. Of course, the classic moment when she breaks up with Aiden. And you could argue she's actually in a wedding dress while they're having this argument. But she sees Big. He comes over, leaves Natasha, and they have the classic conversation. Hey. I have a question for you. Why wasn't it me? Carrie. No, seriously. I really need to hear you say it. Come on, be a friend. I don't know. It just got so hard. And she's... Yeah. Your girl is lovely, Heather. I don't get it. And you never did. What did you think of their Mm -hmm. chemistry in the scene? Because I thought it was really affecting. It was perfect. It is why these two have such a deep, like, effect on people and people that watch the show. It's like their chemistry together is so, like good like they captured both of them so well and i think in the last episode we talked about like there was so much kind of like left unsaid with them that like when they ran into each other at the like hoedown they they acted it so perfectly and i i love i love them together and it makes me feel so many things I love it. I think it's great. And then Natasha appearing through the limo. Poor Natasha. I mean, I have if 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 just think about this from Natasha's standpoint. She's the main okay. character. She's just had a <laughs> lovely engagement party. She's bid adieu to all her guests. She's in, meant to get into the limo and head home with her gorgeous, rich fiance, preparing for their upcoming nuptials. He walks away from her. Talks to a woman who's dressed in white, who the last time you who saw she her, knows. who the last time you saw her was dressed like a fucking like hoedown hooker, and she touches his hair like she because she can't hear what they're saying, but there is also mm-hmm. physical contact, and then he comes back looking kind of forlorn and confused. You don't marry I that man, myself. ladies. Myself. If you're in that situation, that very get specific out. situation, get out. Yeah, that man is fucking her. <laughs> or about to. Absolutely. Every which way mm-hmm. but Sunday. <sighs> but she walks away. And the one thing I wanted to ask, what if this was the last time we see Big? Because I think if you were watching the show originally, each time Big goes away, I wonder how much we as an audience when watching it would have thought this could be the last time we see him. I think ultimately when we get to the end of season four and he finally moves, maybe then people were like, fine, this man is gone. But I would imagine we're at the season two finale. We don't know how long this show is going to run. I could imagine a world in which the, uh, and he's getting married to this beautiful woman who we don't know a lot about. So it's not even like we can imagine he would be unhappy in this marriage. I think there's a world in which perhaps it's like, finally, he's gone. No, I think that people were really, really rooting for them, especially by season four. I don't four. think so. I, I actually, don't know. Like, I, I, I want to, you know what I want? I wish Twitter was I very rarely wish Twitter had been around longer. I really wish 
I kind of want to get like people on this podcast just quickly. Like I want to do like a call in or something of people who watched it while it was on, who are older, who like live this experience because I'm so curious. Like, I think it would be hard though for people to remember. I don't think so. I think if you remember Sex and City, I think you remember it like live. I don't know. What I mean is, is I think it would be hard for people to remember how they felt at the time. Like to divorce, because I think people who Maybe. love Sex and the City in the way we, by the way, I watched this live. You did? Yeah, I started watching Sex and the City live pretty early. Like, I'm pretty sure I watched. Wow, okay. I definitely remember. No, I definitely did. I watched season. I definitely watched season three live. Um, episode one. I will never forget when I saw that first episode. Um, and so I was. But I. what I can't remember is did I think, like, Big was gone forever? Like, I like I do think they are constantly playing with the idea that this is going to be mm-hmm. the last time you see him. Because every single time he leaves, it does feel like there's no world in which you need to see him again. But much like every show on television, because there are contracts and actors, everyone comes back, even though typically you break up with people and you don't tend to run into them as much as, you know, shout out to Insecure. Where I was like, why is she spending all this time with Lawrence? This is insane. You don't see people this much after you break up. We don't like to talk about the last season of Insecure. We can't. We can't go there. I'm, that's that's an actual season two problem. That's always been a problem for me. Stop running into this man. I'm done. What did you think of? Because then we get to the ending and we hear an iconic monologue from Carrie to close us out. Then I had a thought. Maybe I didn't break big. Maybe the problem was he couldn't break me. Maybe some women aren't meant to be tamed. Maybe they need to run free until they find someone just as wild to run with. That I don't think makes much sense. Like, what is she talking about? Now we're getting into metaphors about breaking horses. It's like, it's just unnecessary. All of this for, like, just because she saw a horse? If I read this column, I would think this is the (laughs) mind of a murderer. It's insane. It's insane because the hair, it, it really is because of the visuals of the, the horse, like, flipping its hair. It's, it's really crazy. And it's it's unhinged. No, and I love it. I it's don't so want to say something unkind, but and what? I don't feel this way. No. But you know how don't people always say that she looks yes. like a horse? I think that this is, like, a strange moment that people point to. I don't feel that way. I think Sarah Jessica Parker is one of the most beautiful women who's ever been on television. I find her just stunning to look at, and I think she's such an animated great actor. Clearly, maybe the best actress of all time after Lauren Graham. Who knows? But it does feel like a little bit of, like, I could just see those, you know, fucking idiots on Reddit just, like, having a field day with this scene. Oh, my God. If this just came out today, are you kidding? People would be nuts over this. So how do you feel about this as a finale? I thought it was perfect. Yeah. I thought it left you wanting more. I thought it left you laughing, sad, nostalgic. Like, it, you you felt everything. And I feel like where it improves upon the season one finale is, is that it leaves us all it's just nice that it ends on something where we can anticipate what's going to happen with each of the women, where I feel like the season one finale, it was really just about where Carrie's going to go next. I love that we've got them all on kind of a precipice of something. And it felt funny. Great. I mean, we'll rate it in a bit, but I think how everyone knows we're going. Do you have any favorite moments from season two? 
Um, I really loved the moments with Big and Carrie. I liked seeing them get back together. I liked seeing them break up. I liked seeing her throw McDonald's. I liked that whole arc. Really, I enjoyed. So the beginning of season two. Yeah, basically. (laughs) Then we fell off a cliff. Yeah, then we started doing Twister with John Bon Jovi, and I was like, I don't know what's going on here. I really, I mean, obviously, I love La Dolores Squeeze. It's my favorite episode. I love the drunk call to him um, in Paris. I cannot really remember much that the other women were up to. It felt all very slight. Um, Like, they didn't necessarily have an arc throughout the whole season. They just had these small little individual storylines. But I'm sure we had some fun with them all. Yeah, they didn't really have major moments. I mean, the only one that really did was Steve and Miranda, I guess. But that's in this but episode. When it comes right? to yeah, but like when it comes. Oh to, like, wait, Smith no, they and Charlotte, met and I'm broke up like, all this season. Sorry. Yeah, I was like, yeah, I know. I was letting you have that, but like Charlotte and Miranda, I'm just or no, Charlotte, Charlotte and, and Samantha. Samantha. Yeah, I'm like they really were just kind of around. Yeah, I liked Mr. Cocky a lot. <laughs> Loved his body was sick. Talk about body yaddy yaddy, that little butt. Body yaddy yaddy. <laughs> I did want to just chat about briefly in terms of like the awards that Sex in the City was up for. And boy, oh boy, did it. It's just funny to me to see who they lost to, given like the kind of cultural legacy of Sex in the City. And some of these winners you don't talk about no more. So at the Emmys, they lost Best Comedy Series to Will and Grace. I love Will and Grace. I think it's a great show. It probably had a very funny season. It certainly doesn't have, like, the potency and fun of, like, Sex and the City. Although, I, they did give that a reboot, too. I liked Will and Grace. And I think that this was, was it not their first season? No, this is the season, actually, where it got a little bit dramatic over there. I believe this is the season oh, okay. where Will and Grace have their big fight after she decides mm. she doesn't want to have. The, although, no, that's another season. This might be one of their early seasons, actually. But I know that's the season that um, Deborah Messing wins her Emmy for. And I'll go to my deathbed trying to figure out what happened with Deborah and Megan Mullally. And if anyone knows, now that's a feud I care about. I don't actually really care about the Kim Cattrall, Sarah Jessica Parker feud. I just well, want to Well, because that's end. pretty much out there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Sarah Jessica Parker lost to Patricia Heaton in Everybody Loves Raymond. Shocking to me. Processing. Kim Cattrall lost to Megan Mullally. From Will and Grace. But, th- th- I mean, Karen Walker, that is an iconic kind of sitcom character. Yeah, I can't even get upset about that. Now, this is where I get upset. In terms <laughs> okay. of the writing, the finale was nominated, as was the episode Evolution. They lost to the pilot of Malcolm in the Middle. <laughs> no, guys. Yeah. Now, all you Malcolm in the Middle stands out there, don't come for me. I've never seen, I think I've seen like one episode. It's terrible. Jenga's Merrick is an icon. I but and I know more about Brian Cranston and Malcolm in the Middle than I do Breaking Bad. But I don't think it should have won any awards for its writing. That's all I'm going to say. And then I thought it was interesting. Pat Field lost the best uh, costuming award to a, le- a medical drama called Providence. And she wasn't even nominated for the first season, which is just disgusting to me. But I believe she starts to win eventually. At the Golden Globes, though, they swept up. They won for comedy series. SJP won. But what I found so weird, and this is always so sad to me, Kristen Davis doesn't get nominated for this show until the final season. 
at the Emmy or the Golden Globes. And that's sick. And we need to do better. That's that's sick. Yeah. And Chris Noth was nominated for Best Supporting Actor. And we don't need to nominate men for awards. That's just a further note out there. <laughs> mm-hmm. What'd you think of the fashion in this one? I loved this episode with the fashion. It felt very every yeah, every single person looked stunning. I mean, everyone was at their best. Carrie in the pink dress though was my favorite. That was I thought yes, a great moment. It was a great moment. Her body looked sick. I mean, it always does, and her hair looked beautiful. And I wonder if it was it was kind of that tight bodycon dress she likes to wear that's reminiscent of the black dress when she knocks on the window, the blue dress when she goes on that date with you-know-who and, and just like that. So I wondered if it was that Norma Kamali and she was just hitting that designer up left and right. But she looked beautiful. But I really think next season we're going to get into like some more crazy looks. Although we got the Heidi oh. look this season. I don't know. We got some crazy looks coming. What did you think of the men in this episode? Big, we had Big, we got Steve, we got Mr. Cocky. Those are our three. I'm going for Mr. Cocky. Oh, absolutely. Oh, I thought you were going to land kind. on Steve-O. No, I liked Mr. Cocky. Love. Icon. Who was yeah. your favorite man this season? Uh, I, mean, I mean, I'll give you mine while you think. Steve. Oh, fuck you, bitch. Steve was my favorite man of the whole season. If I had to sum it up in one word, it'd be Steve. <laughs> in one word, mine would be Von Wiesel, my little shortcomings king. Don't touch it. Don't touch it. Don't touch it. I still think about it. <sighs> okay. Do you have any hot takes on this episode or the season? I'm glad that they got rid of the speaking to the camera. Like, I think this was the season where they kind of phased that out. I don't think that's a hot take. I think everyone agrees with you. Okay. Well, that's, I mean, that's just then my take. That, then that's yeah. your take. You want to know my yeah. take? My hot take? I'm sorry I can't. Don't hate me. I think this is yeah. worse than season one. Season two? Yes. This is, now I'm putting it on record. This is my least favorite season of Sex and the City. At least we were, there were some bold swings in season one and it felt like what's happening. We didn't know where, like, season one felt like season one of and just like that. And I don't know if it's because we also had the kind of a, that long nine week pause between season, the first half of the season and the second half. But yeah, I think that also made it feel interminably long. Felt like mm-hmm. this season of Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, 18, like it was never going to end. Yeah. And I just felt like season one at least felt like a condensed story. Yes, I would have fixed things and given the other women more to do. But at least we were telling one kind of strong story of Carrie and Big and their meeting, getting together and breaking up. This felt like we did that in the first 12 episodes. Then we fell off a cliff in terms of the last six. Yeah. I mean... Yeah, I mean, the last few episodes of this has We've been, been down bad. It's been tough. Bad. Very bad. So I think if you asked me to rank them, I would put one above two at this point. In terms of I had more fun watching season one and certainly more fun getting on this mic. What have we even talked about? We've had some really bleak I mean, storylines to discuss. We have. I mean, there have been several episodes of this podcast where we've ventured off into very different topics. To avoid talking about Sex and the City. I mean, the amount of times I had to write, and I guess this one is basic set decoration because they just couldn't be bothered to write a storyline for some of the women. (sighs) We did it. And I know that's a hot take. And if you're a season two stan, I don't really care. 
get better taste. But we also we made it through, we and now we're going to start our the favorite. wilderness. To quote Madge, and now we're in fucking. I was going to say Wonderland. What is that? Jerusalem, the motherland. I I don't know. I haven't eaten one. I didn't have Jerusalem. Lunch. Jerusalem. Jerusalem. You know, what's that phrase? Like we're in the we're in the homeland. Okay, the motherland. Yeah, I don't know. We're <laughs> we're somewhere. We're in America. We're, we're home. Yeah, yeah, we're home. I feel like we're coming we're home. home, baby, to season <laughs> three. Home. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. We hope you'll join us again next week for our recap of the season three premiere, Where There's Smoke. We're finally getting to Bill Kelly, and I am erect. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review Shortcomings wherever you listen to podcasts, and check out the other podcasts from The Dip, TV Watch Repeat, Pop Chaser, Slut Pig Podcast, But Now We Said It, and of course, Hot Off The Mess, and you can follow us online. I'm at clewis1219 on Instagram. Sam, where are you? I'm at Bravo Historian on Instagram. I'm at Take Your Zoloft on Twitter. And we will see you guys next week. Bye. Right, bye. Big tobacco cigarette butts filter practically nothing and are made of microplastics that are toxic and cunning. More than 15,000 fibers lurk in every cigarette butt you see. Could they harm your families? Quite possibly. They could end up inside of you, your bodies, their prey. New studies even indicate possible links to mutations in DNA. An evil lie with the future's worth of harm. To the world, now you know. So sound the alarm. Learn more at undo.org. At Progressive, we know there's nothing like the feeling of riding a motorcycle with your crew on the open road. That symphony of engines roaring in perfect harmony. It's a feeling that would be impossible to recreate on the radio. Until now. Hit it, Jerry. Oh, my word. Really, really terrible. Is that a glockenspiel, Jerry? Quote with Progressive and see if you could save with America's number one motorcycle insurer. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Uh, no, no, Jerry. It's over.